Well, a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live on this January 10th, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. And uh, get out the beach umbrellas and the sandals and the suntan lotion. <laughs> you know, your sister Janet was here today and she brought Joseph forgot his coat. Yeah. And I thought he doesn't even realize he left it at her house because you don't need a coat. Don't it's need a coat. 50, 60. Now, I haven't been out since this morning. Is it warm out? Oh, it's gorgeous. Really? At least 55. Like spring. And tomorrow and Sunday even warmer. So Jim will be here with the uh, balmy forecast a little later on. And my Jim will be taking down Christmas lights tomorrow. I'll be weeding the garden and oh. sweeping the sidewalk. It'll be great to be outside. We're the only we're the only house on our on our block that still turn our lights on. I know. Because we're still in Christmas tide. Well, till baptism of the Lord. Well, you heard and the bishop. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And if you really want to be a, a little uh, traditional, old-fashioned, if you will, European, goes till presentation on February 2nd. Mm-hmm. But liturgically, as Bishop just said, it right. ends on Sunday. But right. uh, but yeah, I came. I drove home last night, and ours was the, the only house with yeah. Christmas lights on in the entire neighborhood. Yeah. That's right. I don't mind. Let the light shine. But I will take them down tomorrow. <laughs> uh, also, this hour, we're going to be joined by Allison, and I believe it's pronounced Auth. We'll find out. But she's written a book called Baby and Beyond. She's a young mom uh, with four children, and it's a very um, poignant book about her experiences overcoming those post-childbirth woes, postpartum blues and things mm-hmm. that go along with it. Uh, so Allison will be joining us uh, because she talks about how to overcome that, and especially she obviously weaves in the faith, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that. Great. Should be babies and beyond. Babies plural. and beyond, yeah. She has four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, of course, Jim will be here with the weather. We're going to play Saint of the Day, friends. So, so you can call in and um, win a fabulous prize if you guess the Saint of the Day. Second hour, our, our gospel reading for Sunday, which is the baptism of the Lord. And uh, Father Gary Koch is here with his reflection on Sunday's gospel. We uh, also will be joined next hour by Luann Zerlo who's written a book called Single for a Greater Purpose. And so I didn't really put it together this way. <laughs> so you have your choice of the single <laughs> life or those babies. After you have four babies, you may say, I wish I had stayed single. <laughs> uh, a Hidden Joy in the Catholic Church, but very important book as well. Uh, Luann is here with us, Single for a Greater Purpose, coming up the next hour. Um, of course, we have music lined up and uh, maybe a few announcements here or there. And friends, you know, along the way, we're here for two hours. And if you have any... Uh, Comments or questions along the way, you can always text us here. I have my little text pad up to be able to receive your text by texting your comment or question to 609-493-8255. 609-493-8255. I can't guarantee that I will physically be able to type and answer them because I'm on the air, obviously. But if it's something of that I feel is uh, of interest or would be of interest to our listeners, we'll certainly present it over the air and talk about it. Sounds good. 609-493-8255. That's the number to text. Uh, we're going to pray. And uh, as always, friends, uh, we are coming to you on our domestic church media radio stations, coming to you live on our streaming audio, coming to you live on our domestic church media <coughs> app, which is free. Also coming to you on the Amazon Echo and Google Home devices. And also today, video on YouTube, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia. We're also streaming video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. The list gets longer and longer, <sighs> and you know, I still just turn on the radio in my car, and that's what I do. That's what you do. Well, that's most most people do, actually. <laughs> but as technology advances, we need to be sure that we're there. Mm-hmm. Wherever technology is, that we're there to present 
the joy of the gospel. We're going to pray now, though, so uh, we invite you, wherever you are listening or watching, to join us in prayer by bringing your intentions to the Lord as we come together as the brothers and sisters in the Lord and raise these prayer intentions to the heavenly heights. As we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And throughout this month of January, we'll pray this beautiful prayer for a blessing on the new year. O sacred and adorable Trinity, hear our prayers on behalf of our Holy Father, the Pope, our bishops, our clergy, and for all who are in authority over us. Bless, we beseech thee, during the coming year, the whole Catholic Church convert heretics and unbelievers. Soften the hearts of sinners so that they may return to thy friendship. Give prosperity to our country and peace among the nations of the world. Pour down thy blessings upon our friends, relatives, and acquaintances, and upon our enemies, if we have any. I always have to chuckle at this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do Forgive look up me. at that. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're no, I, don't mean, I don't mean to be chuckling in the middle of prayer, but that line always gets me. If we have any, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> assist the poor and the sick. Have pity on the souls of those who this past year thou hast taken from us. And do thou be merciful to those who during this coming year will be summoned before thy judgment seat. May all our actions be preceded by the inspirations and carried on by the assistance, so that all our prayers and works, having been begun in thee, may likewise be ended through thee. Amen. And our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also to our Blessed Mother, the ancient prayer, the Subtum Presidium prayer to pray, as Holy Father requested, to protect the Church against the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection, protection against, against the wickedness, the wickedness and, snares and snares of the devil. Of the devil. May God, God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Amen. And we're praying, uh, we continue to pray for our friend, young Maria, that she can have a full and complete healing from the tumor on her brain stem cell. So we pray, gracious God, we praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You have blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Kalpis, whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we pray for the healing of Maria. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust which is born of love. We ask this through Jesus our Lord and the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. We pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray, pray for, for us. us, Venerable Archbishop Sheen. Pray, pray for us, St. Pope John Paul II. Pray, pray for us. us, Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray for us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, friends, we thank you for being here with us. And uh, coming up in just a little bit, we're going to be joined by Allison Auth and her uh, book called Baby and Beyond, Overcoming Those Post-Childbirth Woes. I don't recall you ever having the post-childbirth no, ve- woes. No, very blessed. I did not experience that all three times. I, I never, you know, fell into that valley. I don't know if it's a hormonal balance or imbalance. I don't know if there's any pre-consisting conditions, 
like um, maybe do you have the tendency to fall into depression now and then? I'm, I'm anxious to hear what Allison says because I do know people who suffered and suffered mm. greatly, mm-hmm. and it's a scary thing. I mean, here you wait sometimes lifetimes, sometimes years, certainly the nine months in great joyful anticipation of holding that baby, and then you just want to curl up in bed and, you know, shut off the light and, mm-hmm. and be done with it all. So I don't know, but I, I certainly uh, feel for those who struggle with that. Well, Allison's going to share that with us and uh, ways to overcome. Uh, she delves in the book into uh, her own particular birth stories and her postpartum depression stories, but also physical recovery, uh, marriage and natural family planning during and after those postpartum times, which mm-hmm. are, is difficult, I'm sure, mental health, spiritual life. Uh, so anyway. I love it because of the Catholic yeah, flavor there, the Catholic, Catholic teachings. Catholic woman and uh, trying to live her faith faithfully, she and her <clears> husband. <throat> so she'll be here in just a few minutes. And then later, later next hour, we're going to be joined by uh, uh, Luann Zerlo, and her book is called Single for a Greater Purpose. <laughs> I enjoy in the I didn't plan it that way. I, no, I you know I, I, I write to the I write to the publishers because they send us these try books. Try to get a date, yeah. And I put them and I didn't put two and two together here. But but I'm glad you're featuring uh, Luann also for the vocation of being single. Mm-hmm. We have many many um, people that we personally know and people in our church mm-hmm. and listeners and you know it's we, we talk a lot about family and husbands and wives and. And that vocation and Emily and that, but you know there are people that are are not in that category, so it's it's good to feature. Yeah, but we still are part of a family, whether it's cousins, fam, uh, you know, parents. So domestic church That's media right. and the the vocation of family does apply to everyone, even if you are you are single in your immediate life. And you know, as we go along, I'm thinking this because I always think the Holy Spirit, who's the producer of this program, you're going to start naming your enemies. No, yeah, no. I'm thinking that, back to that, that prayer. Uh, that prayer, that prayer. <laughs> if you have if any. If you have any. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me think. Do I have any? Um, no, I was going to say, listeners, as we go along here, as I said earlier, if you'd like and you have any questions or comments, and even during the interviews, because right. we're, as we're talking to uh, Allison about her book, Baby and Beyond, and Luann about her book, Single for a Greater Purpose, as we're doing the interview with them, if you have any questions along the way, feel free to text them to me. And we'll be happy to ask them. Yes, good. Uh, 609-493-8255. 609-493-8255. That's the number to text with your comments or questions. We'll take a quick break, though. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Allison. Uh, let's go to a little musical interlude here and be back in just a bit. Don't go away. i 
All righty, welcome back. You know, during the year after giving birth, some mothers struggled to recover from the wearying days, sleepless nights, and assorted other troubles, mental, physical, spiritual, that childbirth brings. If you're one such woman, know that you don't stand alone. Allison Auth has experienced all these woes and more, growing wise along the way in the art of postpartum life, a healing art she illuminates and shares in her new book, Baby and Beyond, Overcoming Those Post-Childbirth Woes. Welcome to the program, Allison Auth. Thanks for having me. Uh, hi, Allison. Nice to think. <laughs> yeah, nice to have you with us. I, I want to say the book is long overdue. <laughs> oh, like a yes. little like pregnancy pun there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but this is this will be a valuable resource in the hands of many who suffer from postpartum. Um, may I ask you first, and because it's always been a question, why do some people seem to have the tendency to experience that? And myself, I, I never did. And I, you know, people wonder why, why me and not you and vice versa? You know, is, is, does there seem to be some strain of logic with this? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Something I was talking about with my mom just the other week. Because uh, it doesn't seem like her generation had as many struggles as we do today. Mm. I think that there is a variety of factors. I think what I've noticed just with the struggles with infertility and irregular cycles and hyperfertility, it seems like hormones are just out of whack these yeah. days. Yeah. And it mm. could, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think that's one piece. Um, I think another piece is just the isolation. Um, a lot of us don't have family that live nearby. A lot of our friends are working full-time mothers. So, you know, when you're home alone with your baby, maybe you don't have a community of women nearby. Um, and just that expectation that you're a woman, you're a mother, you're all these things, and you can do it, and you can do it all. Yeah. And I kind of feel like when we're faced with this reality that we can't do it all, we just think, you know, we're failing at everything. And you've got all this expert advice that telling you this is the only way to do things. Right. And so there's just a, yeah, it's it's a variety of factors that kind of have created this perfect storm, I feel like, for postpartum difficulties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell us, Alison, a little bit about your story, because that's how you begin the book. I mean, what, what was the impetus behind writing this? And I guess initially it was just what you experienced. And, and uh, tell us a little bit about your, your how this all began with your marriage and then your honeymoon baby. <laughs> sure, yes. Well, I um, went to Franciscan University of Steubenville. I've got a theology and catechetics degree, and so I'm very well-versed in the theology of marriage and the importance of raising your children in the faith and all of these, um, you know, your vocation to motherhood is holy. And so <clears throat> going in with this background, I'm looking forward to uh, growing in my faith and growing closer to the Lord. And then I was just really um, startled by how quickly everything happened. We had a honeymoon baby, felt like everyone around me was struggling with infertility, so I just got, I didn't think it was going to happen that fast. And so there are a lot of adjustments to living with my husband, and now, you know, we have this baby coming, so everything is changing, mm -hmm. and I just don't adjust well to new things. I'm pretty slow at that, so... Just a lot of adjustments. Mm. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends that live nearby that were having babies at the same time as me. Right. So it was, again, that kind of isolation. Um, who's going to help me out and answer these questions? And my husband's going right back to work. And then nine months postpartum, surprise, we're pregnant again. So here we are adjusting mm. and 
trying to figure out, you know, finances and work and all of these things. And then on top of that, I, I'm used to praying in adoration chapel. I've worked at a parish. I met my husband at the parish. And, um, and so all my life revolved around prayer. I was a youth minister at the time. And it was just difficult to get that prayer time in when I was at home. Yeah. And, um, and so I just felt like a failure. I felt like God is disappointed in me because I'm not praying enough. Oh. And so through these babies, he really showed me that prayer is being dependent on God. And what I learned is that I can't do this job as a mother by myself, and I need God in every way possible. So realizing ways and learning ways to open myself up to the Holy Spirit's promptings in my life, to raising my mind to God as I'm doing my chores, mm-hmm. and, you know, reading some books that really helped me realize that God is with me in my vocation of motherhood. And it's these daily sacrifices, and it's the daily surrendering of my will and getting up in the night with my baby, that this is actually what's making me holy when I, you know, surrender that to the Lord and unite myself with with his cross. Mm, I, I remember when our, because we're, we're older now, we, we, have, we have grandchildren, but I remember when our children were arriving and uh, there was that hymn that we used to sing in uh, church, uh, whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers that you do unto me. And I remember <laughs> changing a diaper and thinking that, that this is, you know, <laughs> this is all part of it. It's part of sanctification. Oh, yeah. Right? The sanctification of yeah. parenthood. There's a lot of self-sacrifice, sure. Yes. Absolutely. I can remember... You know, I struggled with the same thing. Well, when am I going to pray? Because I, too, I worked in parish ministry, and I was there all the time, and I would do my work. But then just at any given moment, I could just go sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament or sit in the chapel yeah. or, you know, there was such a luxury. Or yeah. daily Mass, even. Daily, daily Mass. Mass. I mean, I was yeah. there all the time. I, I felt like that was my home, and it still is my home away from home. But then when mm-hmm. I was home with the children, I thought, okay, what can I transfer into prayer, and someone had given me, and I don't know the um, origin of, but it's a painting, what looks like the Blessed Mother, hanging up laundry. Oh, yes, I've seen that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so I thought, okay, she's she's praying, she's doing her tasks. So I can remember just saying Hail Marys. For, I'm folding laundry, and every piece of baby clothing was a Hail Mary, or, you know, things like that, mm-hmm. or washing the dishes. And I would I would just start to pray during these tasks, and it just it made the tasks a little prayerful. I'm doing this for my baby. I'm doing this for my family. Um and and again, it was it was self sacrifice. It it was a little selfish to think I'm just going to go sit in church by myself, and this is just all about me and God. Whereas I had mm-hmm. just again, it was another transition. How how old are your children now? They are eight, seven, five, and just turned three. <laughs> and it's very quiet. So. How are you managing this phone call? <laughs> Well, my husband's in the basement with them right there now. There you go. Uh, good, good father. Well, that's going to be my next question. We're talking, it's a family effort around here. Yeah, it has to be. It always has to be. We're talking with Allison Auth, and her book is called Baby and Beyond, Overcoming Those Post-Childbirth Woes, published by Sophia Institute Press. It's sophiainstitute.com is their website. Uh, Allison, what, tell us, I, I was reading about how you got the inspiration to write this book, and, and you got the inspiration from the Lord, and, and why did you write it? other than that he told you um, to. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. Um, I wrote it because of just listening to other women 
struggle with the same thing as me. Um, just community of women on Facebook being very vulnerable and just saying, yeah, I feel like I don't love my baby. This is really hard. It's not what I expected. And other people saying, you know, the same things. And I wanted there to be a place for Catholic women to come and to get encouragement, to know that God's mercy is there in the midst of what seem like failures, and also just some support and some help with some physical guidance. I have found that the six-week postpartum checkup is not very helpful for addressing all that women are going through. And a lot of times women don't even know something is a problem or think maybe they're the only ones struggling with it because nobody's talking about it. Mm. So um, I wanted somebody else to write the book, but (laughs) that didn't work out. So I just really felt like there needs to be one. I had been reading um, some of the books that I quote as research in my own book, um, have some really um, uh, beneficial information about um, hormones and nutrition and the connection between that. But they also talked a lot about um, like uh, Eastern spirituality, meditation things. And um, obviously, I just thought we believe in a body and soul unity. We need to take care of the body and we need to take care of the soul. They're both really important. So there really should be a Catholic book um, for postpartum women because mm-hmm. so many of us are struggling. I just couldn't find one, so um, so, so I, I wrote I, it. <laughs> I always say, I, lots of I always say, and I, I always think of when when the, the our Lord fed the five thousand when the apostles say, "Lord, they have nothing to eat." He says, "You give them something. Yeah. You do it." <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you have a, a chapter here on marriage and NFP, and and you you make, you make some very good points in this chapter about the difficulty then, especially postpartum when when when. Everything is kind of out of kilter a little bit, and it's tough to do. So, how how do you work through that? Mm. Be and be a good be a well, good Catholic. <laughs> there's no one right way to work through it, and as I say in the book, that <laughs> this is the stuff that saints are made of. Yeah. Trying to navigate that with your spouse, it's just difficult. And you know, some couples might discern taking some you know months of abstinence until they can figure things out or, you know, till a mother isn't struggling so much with postpartum depression or till cycles get, you know, straightened out a little bit. Um, or others might, you know, other couples might find ways to work with it. We've taken NFP refresher classes um, specifically for the postpartum time to kind of help us see what a basic infertile pattern looks like. Um, I've needed time after every pregnancy, just to recover physically uh, in so many ways. So it's, it's not easy, <laughs> mm-hmm. basically what I'm trying to say. But God works through that, and He molds us, and He refines us through those difficult things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm just hoping, is for other mothers to just know that it's not easy, that it's okay that it's hard, that it's okay that uh, your marriage is struggling through this adjustment um, but but you can also tap into the grace of your sacrament in those times as well. And God's grace is there to help you through those difficult times. You know, as I say, we said for better or for worse, and so now we had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, now you had so to live it. NFP, right. <laughs> NFP isn't a short-term gain. It's a, it's a long-term goal, mm-hmm. is that it's, it's not always going to feel good, but it's it's worth it in the end. And, you know, we, we men sometimes have the, the reputation of not, not understanding. Um, what role does a, a husband play in, in these times for, for a new mom and in the postpartum days? What, 
what advice do you give to men and to husbands then in how to how to react, respond, help, pray? How, how do we work? How do we work with you on that? Just listen to yeah. what the mother says. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Do what I think. <laughs> no, Get go ahead. your wife a nap <laughs> is probably the first thing. <laughs> um, just to pitch in, helping out um, as much as possible to feed the baby or to watch the baby get a nap. Or my husband was so great with with playing with the babies in a way that I, you know, with the nurturing was was um, just too afraid to (laughs) jiggle them too much or things like that. And my husband just could get them to laugh so hard. And so that was a great um, time to say, play with the baby. I'm going to run to the store or take a nap or things like that. So um, just, just to hold the baby or whatever it is, just for the husbands to realize that they are important into this baby's development. And that also they need to take care of their wives. Um, just to listen to them sometimes, mm-hmm, <laughs> just mm-hmm. let them vent or let them cry because their emotions and their hormones are, are going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to try to be sensitive to where they are and what their needs are and helping with the dishes or, you know, whatever chores it might be. And I've learned, too, that I just need to be <laughs> more specific in communicating. Thank what you. I Thank <laughs> you. He's not a mind reader. <laughs> I've learned that the hard way. Thank you. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can see what the dinner conversation is going to be tonight. Oh, uh, boy. We're, 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 now we have the grandchildren. We, oh, have, no, we have fun with them. No problem yeah. now. But how beautiful. I mean, I, th- I think the church, uh, in its wisdom, provides so many opportunities in that, you know, you get a moment's peace or you feel like I'm just going to go to the store and, and not think about anything. And the husband, dad, has a chance to bond with the baby. I mean, the father and the child has its own unique relationship. And then maybe the um, the NFP class refresher, you're going to be with other couples in a sim- similar situation. Exchange phone numbers, text or email and just mm, say, how was idea. your day? Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. And then to unite like with other moms, many churches offer mom's groups so you bring the babies in their carrier with a few little rattles or something and you can sit in a circle and just share just share that you can be with people that are going through the same thing and then yeah. just one more is then you're getting ready to have a baptism so you go to the baptism class again there's other parents that are in the same situation as you and it, it takes a village you know you need that support system yeah yeah yeah, I found that having a mom's group at my church was a lifeline through um, a couple of those postpartum periods. Right. And I wish that more churches offered that. It was hard to find one. I ended up oh. starting one at one church. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there was nothing around. So oh. um, I think churches might be willing if they have someone to lead that initiative. And it wasn't difficult. I mean, the moms were willing to come. Sure. They just needed, you know, um, just needed to be set up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing, too, is I would love to see more churches have more moms groups and oh, they're just so important um, to have that community of faith of women to share with and to pray with. Well, I think this is a beautiful gift, uh, my friends, for those that are expecting. Um, How can people get the book? Um, It's available uh, lots of places where books are sold. It's on Amazon. It's on sophiainstitute.com. 
Um, Sophia Institute Press is the publisher. Mm-hmm. So um, just Google Baby and Beyond, Overcoming Those Post-Childbirth Woes, and I'm sure you'll find it. Well, Great Allison, work. Allison, all, thank you so much for writing the book and for sharing uh, all of this with our listeners. And listeners, again, it's, it's, it's Baby and Beyond, Overcoming Those Post-Childbirth Woes. We've been talking with Allison Auth, the author. So thank you, Allison. God bless you, and uh, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Allison. Bless you. And friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more. Don't you go away.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Okay, that means it's time for our domestic church media meteorologist live from Margaritaville, Jim Hoffman. <laughs> Margaritaville, what's that? <laughs> it feels like Margaritaville outside. Have Isn't you been that Jimmy out? Buffett like with his, oh. his beach sandals and all of this stuff? Oh. Okay, He's too young. That's right. You probably are too young, Jim. You don't even know. I remember that song. I think it was in the 70s. Getting out the beach. Oh, no, I remember that song. Oh, you do? Wasting okay. away again in Margaritaville. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I know you're hard at work. You're not wasting away. <laughs> at least yeah. I hope. I, hope. I am very busy with my multiple jobs, uh, looking at the weather charts. Yes. Making sure that, um, you know, I've got all the latest information on what, what's going to turn out to be a pretty warm. For, yeah, for January. Yeah. I'm ready to polish yeah. my bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys were talking last week I, about it, but once it hits 50, you go out bike riding. We'll be out there Saturday and Sunday if it's not raining. That's right. I'll be out there too. Um, I think tomorrow is going to be the better of the two days. Well, actually, um, you should be able to make it out there both days. 
there's going to be some rain, but it's not going to be an all-day, you know, Saturday and Sunday thing. So we should be able to get out on our bikes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Great. So, um, but we have to get through the rest of today first. And, you know, I was just looking at the temperatures out there. And um, in Ewing, where you are, it's 53 degrees. But down in Cape May, it, it got up to about 60 degrees. Wow. Oh, nice. And go even further south or um, down into Delaware. Uh, right now, they're uh, you know, in the low to mid sixties. So now they're checking beach, the checking, weather... checking beach mm-hmm. tags down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So um, we, we've got the warm weather. It's, it's moving in, but you know, it's the tail of two, two. Um, what the the, ta- the tail of the north and south of Jersey. So if you're going to the South Jersey, it's in the sixties, and then if you go way in northern Jersey up in Sussex, it's still in the low to mid forties. So, um, pretty wide range of temperatures in New Jersey. But um, as we move into tomorrow and Sunday, the south winds are going to take over and they're going to get pretty strong. And that's going to bring up some of that warmer air that has been well advertised for the last couple of days. Um, but we need to get through tonight first. And tonight we'll have cloudy skies with a low around 45. Again, you know, 45 is actually um, above our average high temperature. I mean, yeah, for, for the date. Mm. So um, that's going to be her low temperature. And then tomorrow mm. we're going to have a, a slight chance of showers. It's going to be pretty windy, uh, cloudy with behind near 65. And those south winds are going to kick in. We could have some gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. So you get out on the bike, but be aware there's going to be some gusty winds. <laughs> that's right. Which we don't like when we're riding our bike. <laughs> we'll work um, on our leg muscles. <laughs> there we go. Yep. Uh, Saturday night, Showers likely, and we could also have a thunderstorm mixed in in some places, so be careful of that. Wow. Uh, cloudy with a low around 58 degrees. Low, not too bad. <laughs> and then Sunday, we're going to have a chance of showers and thunderstorms continuing into the morning. Um, so it's going to be cloudy, but then becoming mostly sunny in the afternoon. Mm. And we're going to have a high near 68 degrees. Wow. It's amazing. So uh, not, not too bad. Again, those south winds are going to continue on the high side. We could have gusts around 30 miles per hour on Sunday. Mm. And Sunday night, mostly clear, low 40. And then Monday, partly sunny, a bit cooler, but still all above normal, high near 50 degrees. And taking a look into next week, um, we're still going to be uh, above normal for for temperatures. Temperatures in the upper 40s uh, to around 50. And our low temperatures um, looks like it's going to be mainly in the 30s. You know, low to mid thirties. So, hey, take it while we got it, right? That's, That's right. right. Uh, it's winter, right. and you know, it's January. Winter's past. Um, <laughs> you can't beat yeah, that, right? In, no. in, in past winters, it's um, it's it's been. Yeah, I was. You know how on Facebook you get those memories from last year and two years ago, <laughs> right? Right. Um, yeah, so I had one with me out out by my pool. I took a picture. It was minus five degrees, <laughs> and around the same date. Around the so same date. In the beginning of January. So wow. And that just goes to show you what we could be experiencing, but mm-hmm. uh, but we're not. So go out and enjoy it. Hey, All listen, right. I agree, Jim. All thank right. you so much, and uh, enjoy your weekend, you and Jackie and the fam. And we uh, hopefully we'll talk with you next week. Okay, you too. God bless you. Thanks. Okay. Thank God you. Bless. All right. See you next week. Thank you. All right, God friends. God gave us night and day. So Living in 
sanctity Bug is what went on earth They were just like you and me And now they're the saint of the day Saint of the day yeah. Okay, time to play Saint of the day and, of course, as we play every week, it's not the liturgical saint of the day. It's a saint that we've chosen to be our particular saint of the day. Listen carefully and uh, to the clues that Cheryl will give you. And when you think you know who it is, just take note of that because Cheryl will say at one point, this is the last clue. When she says this is the last clue, then you can call us here at 609-493-8255 and take a guess. 609 609- Four nine three eighty two fifty five. That's the number to call. But wait until Cheryl says this is the last clue. Six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. Let's play Saint of the Day. The saint we have chosen for today was born in seventeen twenty six in Muro, Italy, to a family of seven. He grew up in poverty and had a great respect for the poor. He was just 12 when his father passed away and was forced to grow up fast. Shortly after his father's death, his mother sent him away to live with his uncle and learned to become a tailor like his father. After a few years of working as a sewing apprentice, today's saint took on a job with the local bishop of Lacedonia as a servant. Once he began earning money as a journeyman at the age of 21, he split his earnings with his mother, the poor of Muro, and the rest in offerings for the poor souls. As the days passed, today's saint began to grow pale and thin, often fasting and in prayer at a nearby cathedral. He applied to the Capuchin Monastery at Miro twice, but was turned down both times, being told his health was not well enough for such a strenuous life. However, he did not give up. In 1749, at the age of 23, he joined the Congregation of the Most Holy Redeemer and just three years later became a professed lay brother. He lived with the three vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. He stayed close with the poor and worked very many different jobs, serving as sacristan, gardener, porter, infirmarian, and tailor. However, because of his great piety, extraordinary wisdom, and his gift of reading consciences, he was permitted to counsel communities of religious women. He was often called on by the poor and the sick. Wherever his presence was demanded, he would go. This humble servant of God also had faculties associated with certain mystics, including levitation, bilocation, and the ability to read souls. His charity, obedience, and selfless service, as well as his ceaseless mortification for Christ, made him the perfect model of lay brothers. Throughout his years of life, several reported miracles are tied to today's saint, including restoring a boy's life after he fell from a high cliff, blessing a poor farmer's crops, ridding it of mice, blessing a poor family's supply of wheat, causing it to last until the next harvest, and he multiplied bread for the poor on several occasions. A few more clues here. This is a long one. Okay. <laughs> Shortly before his death, today's saint encountered a young girl. He had dropped his handkerchief, and she set out to return it, only be, to be told to keep it. Today's saint told her she may need it someday. Years after his passing, 
The young girl married and with, was with child. She unexpectedly went into labor and was on the verge of losing her baby. She called for our saint's handkerchief to be applied to her. Almost immediately, her pain abated and she proceeded to give birth to a healthy child, something very rare during that time. This last recorded miracle is one that many credit toward his becoming the patron of expectant mothers. Mm -hmm. Today's saint died of tuberculosis on October 16, 1755 at the age of 29. He lived in the religious life for six years. So now the last clue. 609-493-8255 is the number to call. Due to the numerous miracles performed through today's saint's prayers, proceedings for his canonization began shortly after his death. He was canonized by Pope Pius X. 609-493-8255, the number to call right now. If you think you know who today's saint of the day is, key clue there, the patron of expectant mothers, right? Yes. All right, we have a we have a, a contestant. Let's go to line one. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Oh, yes. Um, hello, this is uh, uh, Kenneth Quinn from Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. Oh, okay, so, so you say Kenneth? Kenneth, Kenneth. Yeah. okay, Hi, yes. Jim. How are you? Good, thank you. Okay, who's today's saint? Uh, saint Gerard. There you go. Very good. <laughs> good job. The saint Gerard is the correct answer. What was the clue that gave it away for you there, Kenneth? Uh, when I heard uh, Cheryl say that he was the patron saint of expectant mothers. There you go. And uh, my brother uh, is named uh, saint Gerard. <laughs> Oh, very after, after Saint Gerard. Okay, very oh, good. Beautiful. Well, Saint Gerard is the correct answer. I'm going to put you on hold, Kenneth. Thank you for playing. I'll put you on hold for a moment. Cheryl's going to get your information. Okay, so don't hang up. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks for playing. And friends, you stay where you are. There's more to come on Friday Live.
Welcome to Kenneth, uh, who is our winner today and saint of the day from Atlantic Highlands. St. Gerard was the correct answer, and St. Gerard, the patron saint of uh, expectant moms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and kind of all brother's kind of, name is Gerard. That's right. Kind of mm-hmm. all tying in there at this it point. It is. This, uh, and, and you know, he mentioned Atlantic Highlands. That was my first job interview when I was fresh out of college and was looking to get a teaching job. I went to the Atlantic Highlands I guess it, I think it was their high school or maybe the middle school and high school were together. But I remember it being up on this cliff. Mm. Oh, sure. You're in the Highlands. It was gorgeous. (laughs) I did not get the job, but I mean, I was, had absolutely no experience. So that's okay. All right. We're going to take a break. Come back with more Friday Live. Another big hour coming up next hour. We have our gospel reflection by Father Gary Koch. And also going to be joined by Luann Zurlo to talk about her book, Single for a Greater Purpose. Don't go away. There's more to come on Friday Live. Hi, this is Len Dio, founder of the Family Policy Council with today's New Jersey Family Minute on our swan song. Today is our final Family Minute broadcast. It has been our privilege to bring these Family Minutes to you for the past 20 years. Times change and new directions get forged. So please go to our website to sign up to receive our emails at familypolicyalliance.com slash New Jersey. Things are getting out of control, and together our voices joined can make a difference. May God bless you and your family, and please pray for us as we engage the culture for you. Remember, family it matters more than you can imagine. For more information about the New Jersey Family Policy Council, please call 1-800-FAMILY-1 or look up our website at www.njfpc.org. For the New Jersey Family Policy Council, this is Bob Dittmer. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations.
Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. You know, you can be too generous. For example, if a man comes home with his paycheck and say he just got $100, he's got five children, he's got rent, gas, and electric to pay, and he sees a, a poor man there, and he gives him the whole $100. And you say, oh, God's going to reward him. See, the gas and electric company aren't going to think that way. That man was too generous. Now you say, well, how could he be too generous? He has his family to think about. He has his rent to pay. These are just debts and just obligations. Now he could have given part of that, but to throw away all of it is to use a virtue to an excess. Now you can do that with virtues. You can do that with any good thing. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back. Another hour of Friday Live on this January 10th, 2020. And uh, I remember this was the day that our youngest son, Anthony, was baptized. On Baptism of the Lord. It was the, it was the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. It was a Sunday. Right. And he was baptized with water from the Jordan my mom had brought back very, from the very Holy special. Land. <laughs> very special. <laughs> All fell into place. Uh, and that was, how old is he now? 20, 20, 27? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I dreamt last night that I had to get up extra early because all three of them were had to be at school, but it was the period of time where they were each at a different school. Remember, one was at one high school, right. the other was the other high school, and the other was still at our local grade school. Mm. And then I was then I started to wake up and I thought, no, nah, that's not right. They're they're old. <laughs> they're <laughs> I don't old. know why. They're Older. all grown up and out well, of the house. They have, you know, the babies and married and right. living in New York. And mm. I thought, what am I, why did I think like Angela still had to get to yeah. school and stuff? I had, I've had dreams like that where you dream that they're, when they were children again. 
it was so real. Yeah. I mean, I was really worried about my time. And yeah. did I set my alarm so I had enough time for, you know, remember packing lunches and all that? I remember standing out because Angela took the bus because she went to school in Northeast Philadelphia at the at, at Nazareth Academy. And the bu- her bus ride was like an hour from our home to yeah. cause it made so because many stops. Because she was the first, well, she the, was the farthest first, point. And she was the first stop. So the bus would come like 545 in the morning. And I remember our routine for four years. We, I'd get up and I'd put coffee on. We'd get a cup of coffee. She'd have her breakfast. And then we'd go out and I'd wait out at the bus stop with her. I don't want to stay. It was dark. You know, right. stand out there by oh yourself, a young goodness. girl. And we had four years of that. And I'd come back in and I'd go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the things uh-huh. we did. So uh, our friend... Um, Allison. Allison has a lot to look forward to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all the other new moms and dads out there. Because mm-hmm. now... And all you listeners who have the grandchildren, you know that it's it's just a, a totally different now it's just play type time. of joy. Yeah, it's just oh, play you time. just play, <laughs> just play time. Then we'll see you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so it all changes. But they're catching on too, mom and dad. Yeah, mom. And they dad dropped doing. her on them off, or however it was. We picked. You know, we were bringing them home. Was the point? They were going home with nanny and papa to sleep over. And he goes, oh, and they, they each just had some candy canes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. They, they, Joseph, was given, Joseph was given uh, Charlotte chocolate cake yeah. <laughs> at 7 o'clock at night. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't give it up for the oh, world. It was, uh, it's, I, yeah. I was saying to um, someone recently, I said, and it's, it's like a discovery that there was reserved love in you that all of a sudden comes out, that it was just reserved for these times. Mm-hmm. Like you could, can't imagine anything that love being for anybody else but these 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 it's grandchildren indescribable yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we're getting old though <laughs> <I'm talking> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, right, coming up next we're gonna have to <laughs> <laughs> put your teeth in pop and he didn't fall off his chair yet this year yeah, yet, this no. new year no i have my thing came that i ordered that thing came oh your step balance i saw that exercise. infomercial see i'm one for infomercials i saw that infomercial with uh, bob eubanks from the from the uh, was it the dating game or the newlywed game newlywed mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. and he's in his 70s and he he worked with a personal trainer to develop this balance uh, board and you learn uh, people they said people my age you know 65 and over they fall down. One out, one out of five of them fall down. I shouldn't be laughing. I know, I, but I do. And so this, he said this, he was to the point where he couldn't even go out for walks. He was afraid to go out for walks. He would, he would you know, lose his balance. But this balance board now, you start working on it, and your, your mind and your, your coordination starts to come back. You kind of strengthen it. Mm. Uh, it's still in the box, but I'm going to take it out next week and start I was going to say, with. how's it going? <laughs> it's Bishop, in the box. When Bishop was here, I meant to tell him, to tell him. He, he can come <laughs> over and work out a little bit. You could do it together. All right, so let's uh, do this. It is time for our Sunday Gospel reading. Of course, this Sunday, a big Sunday, the end of the Christmas season, but a beautiful uh, uh, feast of the baptism of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll read the Gospel. Then Father Gary Koch is here to give his reflection on the Gospel. So let's begin with the reading from this Sunday from the, the baptism of the Lord. From the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me. Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. 
And a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. The baptism of Jesus brings an encounter between John the Baptist and Jesus that points us in the direction of the cross. There are a number of important things that we can learn from this exchange between Jesus and John the Baptizer in the Gospel for this feast of the baptism of the Lord. When Jesus approached John, he did so without the following of the disciples and the attention of the crowds that will accompany him throughout the course of his public ministry. Here, at the very outset of that ministry, Jesus comes to John to commit himself to the mission for which he has been sent, to dedicate himself with finality to the proclamation of the kingdom of God. It was intended to be a uniquely personal encounter between the Son and the Father. Jesus must certainly have been taken aback then at first when he is recognized by John as he approached him for baptism. This is a moment of recognition which is unique to Matthew's account of the baptism of Jesus and stands as an important introduction to the Gospel. John's reaction in encountering Jesus is more than just recognition. It is a clearly stated admission of unworthiness to be of service to Jesus. John knows that his baptism is precursory to the baptism to be inaugurated by the Messiah through his passion, death, and resurrection. John, therefore, tried to prevent Jesus from stepping forward, insisting instead that he should be baptized by Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it for now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. This is quite an interesting and somewhat confusing response. We are left to wonder what Jesus means. Certainly the early Christian community needed to come to an understanding of why it was that Jesus would be baptized by John. Was it somehow necessary for Jesus to submit to the prophet and accept his teaching? We need to consider several important issues as we approach these questions. John served an essential role within the religious culture of the Jews at that time in history. He drew attention to the need for repentance from sin and established a foundation upon which Jesus could proclaim the gospel, the good news, to them. John does not really know what it would mean to be baptized by Jesus any more than do the disciples, James and John, whose mother will ask Jesus to allow one of her sons to sit at his right and another at his left. John might well stand with Peter, who strenuously objected to Jesus' statement that he must go to Jerusalem to die. Indeed, only a few weeks ago, we saw that John from prison sent disciples to Jesus to ask if he was the one to come, or whether yet another was coming. The baptizer does not know the fullness of the gospel, for it has yet to be proclaimed, and more importantly, it has yet to be realized to the Paschal mystery. The Gospel according to Matthew, which we will be hearing from almost every Sunday from now until the Feast of Christ the King in November, lays out for us the gradual unfolding of salvation, the deepening realization that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Savior, Jesus is King in the line of David, 
Jesus as the Son of God, Jesus as the Son of Man. This gradual unfolding of the Gospel stands as a true model and reminder to us of our own growth in the mysteries of our faith, of our own path to salvation. For this reason, we have the stages of the catechumenate before we bring candidates forward for baptism, and the lengthy process of study before we offer the sacrament of confirmation. Discipleship is not a task we take up on a whim or the decision of a passing moment. It is a lifetime commitment, a commitment of growth and of continual struggle as we carry the cross with Jesus. Like John, none of us are worthy to take up this awesome responsibility on our own. It is only through our entrance into the passion of Christ that we are truly brought to righteousness through him. Deeper still as you call me Deeper 
Alrighty, welcome back on this uh, Friday, January 10th, 2020. A lot easier to say than 2018, 2020. 2020. 2020. But don't write two zero on your for check. An abbreviation. Yeah, gotta write the whole ch- the whole year out to twenty twenty. It's easy to say, but it's longer to write. Now we were down. We we a couple summers ago we we rented uh, for a week a shore house down on in Ship Bottom. Mm-hmm. And, Long know, Beach you, Island. Right. You cross the bridge into onto the Long Beach Island. Now there's a big beautiful hotel there. That's right, and I understand there's some connection with the radio station. Are they not the same people that own or run, manage the, um, I think it's a Hilton Over here in, in Ham- Hamilton. Yeah, the Vernons. The Vernons. I believe there's That's, a. I'm thinking we should do like a Friday Live from the hotel sometime this summer. <laughs> sure, weather gets a little bit We have to give nicer. the Vernons a call and say, hey, listen, we can get a crowd down there. They must have a grand ballroom. Let's oh, go that, down there and do Friday Live down in there. We're out on the patio with you the bring sea. Jim down with us? Yes. The whole crew. Just look outside and tell us the weather. But they're having there at this location at okay. the uh, L- Hotel LBI. It's called beautiful. Yes. It's like an old Victorian. I know. It's supposed to be. But it's brand new. Right. They built it. I don't remember even them building when we were there. There was mm. space, I guess. But anyway. I remember them building. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's all built and open for business. I think last season was the first grand opening. <clears throat> They're having a uh, father and son retreat January 25th and 26th down there. And Bishop was just talking about it. He's going to be the celebrate Holy Mass and be the homeless oh. on Sunday. But um, Well, maybe do they need like a chaperone or something? No, that's what <laughs> Father Jason and uh, Coach uh, McKenna, they were talking about it as well. Um, but it's open to fathers and sons, uh, currently in 8th grade through 8th through 12th, high school age. Lovely. Um, and it's a two-day event, and a uh, special guest speaker will be Kevin Riley, who's an ex-Philadelphia Eagle, and uh, uh, Steve Agrisano. We'll be doing music. We'll be doing music, yeah. For sure. When is that now? Uh, January 25th and 26th. So I guess if you go to dotyouth.org for Diocese of Trenton Youth, dotyouth.org, you can find out more information about it. But Bishop said they were they were a lot of people interested in coming. So uh, it should be a great weekend. It's right on the ocean there. It's right there in in Ship Bottom. (laughs) I want to go, but of course, no ladies Uh, allowed. No girls. Although we will be at the men's conference, so. Uh, on uh, let's February, move that to that hotel. February. Where's Where's the men's conference? <laughs> over at, Over at Father uh, Kegley's place there, St. Mary's Middle. That's beautiful over there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, on February 29th, which is the last day of February, mm-hmm. the last February 29th for four years. But we'll be there. <laughs> I think we're 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 hoping to broadcast live from there this program. Yes. Mark Teixeira from the New York former New York Yankee will be a featured speaker, and um, Doctor Italy. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Marcelino. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, okay, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. But doc- and does Jess Dr. Ford Italy. always do music? I think Jess will be there. So it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Chris, yeah. Bill and George will be there, we'll so we'll be, there. we'll be down there for that. And, Vendors, uh, I know. I always, and I'm hoping that we can it. broadcast the mass the next on, on the, during the the conference. To the, the bishop says the mass at eleven o'clock. I'm hoping we can broadcast that mess. We're working on all those details. Mm-hmm. We'll keep uh, you along posted. The way. Yeah. So uh, that's the February, February 29th. But check out CatholicMenForJesusChrist.org. That's their website for all the information, men, about that. But Mark Teixeira, uh, those of you who are big, big Yankee fans, remember Mark Teixeira uh, for, I guess, about almost 10 years played for the Yankees and uh, first baseman. Now he works for ESPN. 
He will be a featured speaker. They've been trying to get him for a couple of years. He's a good Catholic. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. there was an article about him in the Register because he grew up in, the, I think, in the Maryland, in the Baltimore area, went to an all-boys Catholic high school and took Latin for four years. Wow. <laughs> so uh, so he'll be the guest speaker there. So a lot, lot happening. And if Ooh. you have anything that you want announced or... Especially January, February, you know, these long winter months. Mm-hmm. And it gets, we were talking, it gets dark so early. Um People are looking for things at the neighboring parishes to partake in speakers, any sort of thing, parish missions. Well, around the corner, probably a month or six weeks, it's going to be Lent. Ash Wednesday is February 26th. So a little more than today's only the 10th. So yeah, six, so weeks, six weeks, six or seven weeks. So then we'll be getting <clears throat> loads of information on Lent and, mm-hmm. you know penance services and such, but maybe you still have something in January, February, a concert. Well, we know, know. The, the the march is coming up this month, and uh, the, the bishop said there's going to be a rally here at the State House on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. But anything that you have, and I was I was saying, I was lamenting to someone who called me yesterday to tell me about uh, an event that was taking place. I said, you know, they're not, happens every year. People are, you know, try to fill buses to go to Washington, or they're having special rosaries or something. Let us know about it because we're happy to put it on the bulletin board. Absolutely, you especially know. those buses to go down. And especially if you're trying to fill the buses, mm-hmm. we can let people know you need to fill mm-hmm. the buses. Why do uh, they move it? So this year... Well, it used to be always on the 22nd of January. Right. That's, that's the anniversary of the day of the Supreme Court decision. But then I think the rationale was that um, Friday, it's always on a Friday. It just works best for people's schedules and... Mm. Um, Easier to get off of work, maybe, or school. Yeah, and there's something with the representatives also being available. Uh, mm. I don't know. Just it's, So it's the 24th this year. This is the 24th, January 24th, which is the Feast yeah. of um, St. Uh, um, de Sales. Oh, Francis de Francis de Sales. De Sales. Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's also the patron of Black Friday. <laughs> really? Yeah, because of all the sales. <laughs> Oh, okay, I wish I had a button to push to get this guy off. <laughs> Did you just think of that? No, I've had that one in my. I've had that in well, my book a long time. Very well prepared, Jim. You are very well prepared. <laughs> Isn't Black that Friday, a funny one, though? The, the, he's the saint. He's of the saint. Sales. He's the patron saint of Black Friday. Why? Because of all the sales. <laughs> very, very good. Okay, yep. then moving on. <laughs> Wasn't that one of the first things that attracted you to me? Was, was my humor? Your sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, I did read somewhere that women, you know, women and men, women view men differently than men view women mm-hmm. as far as what attracts them. Right. But I, I've read many, many things in the course of my many years that a, a sense of humor in a man is a very attractive to a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I there you go. Think. That explains why you. Bell head over heels for me. <laughs> laughing life away. I was trying to think. I was trying to think now when we first met. It keeps you young, though, laughter. Oh, I mean, absolutely. even we get silly with the kids. We're laughing. We make them it's laugh. Just, yeah, we make the, the, the children. And, and uh, I, I, won't, I won't tell the listeners what you got me for our anniversary that we were playing with, with our children, <laughs> with our grandchildren. They thought it was funny. They thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you have to. You, ha- you have to stay young. I mean, mentally, I'm probably still like 15, oh, right? Yeah, 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 you think? 14, 15? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, physically, it's a different story. But mentally, you know, you have to just enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to laugh at ourselves. 
Right. We can't take things too seriously. Like when I fell out of my chair here, I thought it was funny. It, because you didn't get hurt. <laughs> I think even if I got hurt, I probably would have laughed. It's, it was a little funny. I always find myself as I, when I, because I, I think, you know what it was? I think God has a sense of humor. I always enjoyed on YouTube. <laughs> or those, um, what do you call those programs? Funniest home videos. Yeah. I, I think what makes me laugh, a few things. Um, Santa Claus fails. Sent people are dressed up like Santa Claus so that fall down <laughs> or off it's, the roof or something. It's usually I have, just have to laugh at that. It just strikes me funny. <laughs> and then older people who are doing stupid things, not just falling down, but doing yeah. trying to do trying to do things they shouldn't be doing and then fall down. And then fall or the chair crashes. That, that always the, made the that, pool explodes. That always made me laugh. But now, but now God has a sense of humor. He says, "Oh, you think it's so funny here? Try, <laughs> try this one. Let you fall See down a couple goes. times." Yeah. But, but now that I have my, my balance bar, I won't be falling down yeah, as much. Yeah, you might be disappointed. Me and Bob Eubanks, you know, the host of the Newlywed Game. We will see about it. Do you remember that game, that uh, game show? Oh, I loved you? the dating game and the Newlywed Game. I always loved well, game Aren't you too young? That was like the mid-60s. Yeah. How old? You were in your early yeah, child. You know, after school, those they would be on 4 o'clock or something. Hmm. Or then in the evening, too. I watched Let's Make a Deal. Let's Make a Deal, yeah. I think when I when I went out, when my friend, my pal Peter and I went out to California after we graduated college, we went, we saw Hollywood Squares, went to Hollywood Squares. Oh, yeah, I used to watch that. And we went to Family Feud with uh, Richard Dawson. Mm, I, I didn't get into that one. Password, I loved. That was a New York-based, initially that was out of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my friend Peter's brother was on that, it was a password. I always wanted to be on a game show, but... Then we've been watching Jeopardy. Jeopardy with these three the brainiacs. <laughs> I don't even understand. The I question. played Jeopardy on the way home from here because on my little Alexa in my car, you can say play Jeopardy, and oh it, my. and it, it it has the same categories as that day's program with different questions, and you can play, and then you can. How do you do? I get usually get like seven out of the twelve questions, mm. eight out of the twelve depends on the question. So I'm gonna, not Jeopardy. Caliber. When they get into math and and other stuff, engineering, that, or Shakespeare, Science. forget Shakespeare. They ask Shakespeare <laughs> questions. I'm done. And Jim will yell at the TV. What does it matter? Who cares? Well, math, math. I usually say yeah. math. Yeah. Like, like why do we need to know questions. that? I was telling my my nephew, uh, our nephew Vincent or Matthew was here earlier. He's a he's a freshman down at uh, Rowan. And he's majoring in communications. He wants to get into radio. Mm. And I said to him, I said, well, what, is, what are your courses this semester? And he said, well, there's one math class. I said, you don't need math in radio. <laughs> Tell them. Tell them you don't need math. <laughs> Speaking from experience. That's right. Nothing That's to do right. with it. Although, I mean, you do. You're always watching the clock. I mean, this is simple. But you don't a, need advanced math. But not, it's just like how many algebra minutes algebra or geometry. <laughs> okay, we have four minutes left. How are we going to work this out? All I have to do is be able to count. I can handle <laughs> Learn that. Learn that in kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll take a break right. and come back. We're going to be joined by Luann Zerlo, who's written a book called Single for a Greater Purpose. So stay where you are, my friends. We'll be right back. I'm treating my soul. Sickness. I'm free. 
say yes. We say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Amen. I am pressed. I am pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Beyond the curse for his promise will endure. But his joy is gonna be my strength. Though the sorrow may last for the night, his joy comes with the morning. Yeah. So I'm treated by sorrows. I'm treated by shame. I'm Welcome back. Happy to have you here on this uh, lovely day. And, uh, you know, uh, contrary to popular opinion, single life is often a holy, joyful vocation lived out, sometimes in a hidden way, 
by souls who have had an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ. And in her new book, our friend Luann Zerlo sheds light on this new, little-understood vocation discerned and embraced by a growing number of single persons who neither marry nor enter religious life. And we want to welcome to the program the author of Single for a Greater Purpose, Luann Zerlo. Luann, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. Um, and interesting, as I've introduced you here, that this is um, a, a, a vocation, I guess, that you're bringing to light here in this book um, that is grow, a growing vocation, I guess, among uh, individuals who are seeking this type of, of vocation. I think it is growing. Um Certainly the number of single people in our broader society and within the Church has grown dramatically. And um, within that large number, close to 50% of adults now have never, um, are not married, and a big chunk of those, about 70%, having never been married. And within the Catholic Church, there are increasing number of people, and I think particularly women, who have discerned and or are discerning that this is what God is calling them permanently to effectively be a spouse to Christ in the, in the world. Um, so I think it is growing. It's something that um, this element of the lay vocation has existed in some shape or form since the very first days of the Church. Um, and I think it's something that's that's growing once again. And so just to clarify, this that we're talking about a vocation that is not considered religious life in community or in a particular order. It's just living the single life consecrated to Christ. It is, and it's, it's an important distinction. This is not in any way a religious vocation. Um, this is first and primor- primarily, you are a layperson. You are, you are the lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the difference with those that discern that this is what God is calling um, them to permanently, and those that are in the single state because they might be in transition or they may be waiting um, to discern their vocation, whether it to be the religious, ordained, or marriage life, um, or just kind of by default that, but out of you know perhaps out of regret or out of sadness. Um, that all exists, obviously. And then, of course, particularly in the broader world, and you know, you, you obviously have a lot of people that choose to remain single um, for, for less edifying reasons. But there are a, it's a small minority, but I think a growing one, that discern, God wants me to be a lay person and to, to operate in the world um, without getting married, and that's how God, that's how God has made me, and, and he, wants, he, wants, he wants you, us, um, to embrace that. And I think once you do and you fully accept and embrace it and then develop a, a closer and closer relationship with Christ, um, as you indicated in the opening remarks, it is um, a, a very joy, it can be a very joyful, certainly very fruitful vocation. And I'm glad that you did take the time to put the book together because um, I think in both the, on the religious side, you know, within the church, and then also on the secular side in society, there's probably completely different viewpoints. Oh, and they they almost 
say with sadness, oh, you're still single. I, I think we need to shed light on that this is an honorable vocation, and, and it is a vocation, and it is one that you can be called to, just like you might be called to the sisterhood or brotherhood or priests and, and married life. I mean, you can be called to this and to develop that and to touch people and bring God to others just as a single person, and, and it's nothing to be frowned upon or, or to be sad about. I, I just think, um, is that what you had in mind? Like, how did the book sort of come about that you think, oh, we, we need to shed light on the fact that it's okay to be a single person in today's world? I, yes, I, I'm, your, your comments, I think, were... We're, are very much in line with kind of my thinking, um, maybe a little different from how then I came about writing the book. So um, it took me a number of years to discern that this is the vocation that God is calling me to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I never, while I was open to a religious vocation, and, and I, 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 it was clear to me pretty quickly that that wasn't what God was calling me to. And I just, like most people, you assume you'll get married and I dated quite a bit, and it just there was no one that I I felt that I wanted to give my heart to mm-hmm. um, that seemed worthy of that. Mm-hmm. And then gradually, as my prayer life deepened, and as I talked to different priests and um, Father Wojciech Giertek, who wrote the um, the forward, was very helpful through all that. I realized, oh my, God is calling me to Himself, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually an extraordinarily privileged call. Um, and the, when I, when I discerned that, and it was over a period of time, a great peace and joy came over me and we are all made to give our hearts away, but that's just how we, that's how God made us. Mm-hmm. So if you're waiting, if you don't give your heart away to a spouse or to God through in, in a religious, um, vocation, um, you're always there's always going to be a lack of peace and something missing, and I think a lot of people, single people, do have that. And um, and there are many people that are single for, as I said, non-edifying reasons. But there are many single people that didn't choose that state. And of those that didn't choose that state, what, what I say and what I think the book um, hopefully will will convey is think, pray about it, and is God is this really what God is calling you to you and embrace it. And um, what, as I said, once you do, and, and so through the process that we're all emotional creatures, um, it really does help to make a commitment. Now, as a single, as a lay person, you are, you do not take public vows in, in a sense of religious vows. We're, first of all, we all are consecrated um, through our baptism, and that's our first and primary consecration. That's the the most important day of our lives is our baptism, mm-hmm. other than our our death. And but within for lay people, um, you take a public vow if you're married. As a as a single person, you, you're not publicly vowed, but you can take private, make a private commitment, a private vow, perhaps in front of one person, a spiritual director. Um, and I talk about that in the book, and that does help for stability. Um, certainly not necessary because in the end it's between you and God. Right. And um, so that's, that's what I'm trying to convey. And it's, um, there are, you, you indicated, you know, there's this sense out there, woe is me or people feeling sorry for single people. 
within the church. I think it's often lauded in secular society, um, but within the church. And it's, um, I, I, I believe this could be a very fruitful vocation because it is a more humble vocation. You don't have an outward sign of, of marriage or consecrated life, and there's nothing more fruitful and nothing gets you to heaven faster than true humility. We're talking with Luann Zerlo. The book is called Single for a Greater Purpose, A Hidden Joy in the Catholic Church. It is published by Sophia Institute Press. It's sophiainstitute.com is their website. Uh, Luann, now in this vocation, which is a, a dedicated single, um, you mentioned that there is no public vows or anything in that sense, but is there a public awareness that an individual may be living this life? In other words, what, what might be the, the spiritual benefit to the Church um, in, in way of witness or, or how you live your life or, or in your spirituality? Oh, goodness, that's a good question. So this is a hidden vocation. You don't wear it on your sleeve. Um, you know, a related vocation is consecrated virginity, and that is you do take a public vow, and you are that is has you are considered a religious um, according to canon law. This what would be the benefit of getting this more known? First and foremost, I think it would give a lot of peace to a lot of people that feel bereft, feel like I have no place. What am What is God calling me to? I I don't. You know, we, we, I don't fit into these categories that the church says is is what we should vocationally what we have, and um, maybe there's there's something else I'm being called to. So I think it would give peace. Um, I think our field of evangelization for many of us it is truly in the secular world. So we we are uniquely placed, especially those of us who are working in a more secular context. Um, to by our by our witness of our lives, not necessarily through um, our words, but our witness of our lives, um, are, are great evangelizers. And some of those jobs, I work, for example, with an organization that does work closely with the church, a lay-led organization. So there is, I do interact quite a bit with priests and other church people. But um, I think my biggest impact, frankly, is amongst those that are unchurched and the secular people. With whom I interact, mm-hmm. um, and in today's world, words have become almost meaningless. There's just so much, so much noise out there, and you know, so much um, kind of lack of truth, and as they, you know, what they call false news. And um, I think what really stands out is a joyful, peaceful person living gospel values. Mm -hmm. And for that to be embodied in a single person, which many in society say, oh, how can you be happy in that state, is a powerful statement. Mm -hmm. I think, too, many families have one or two individuals within within their families that are maybe in that particular vocation, um, whether it was intentional or not, but know of individuals within families who are in the single state and have you know have never married and have never had children, but are probably some of the most beloved members of the family and peaceful and peaceful. Right, right. As she says, who that, would that says it right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Who would you say the book is really targeting? Um, like what what was your your focus audience? Those who are discerning perhaps and need to sort this out. Or, you know, do you do you also this is like two questions, do you also recommend a spiritual director? So my the answer to the first question, my first thought was people like me. Like yeah. I have not come across really much that's that's spoken thoughtfully and joyfully about this. There are a couple, I, I have an extensive bibliography, but really there's so little out there. So, and my initial feedback from friends and, and single people who have read it and those that have discerned this is their vocation, they're like, finally, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I went through. Or I wish I knew this sooner. Okay. And, All right, good. and so that's number one. No, number two um, like you've just indicated, so many people I know have purchased this book for friends and family. Oh, my daughter, my sister, my uh. so-and-so. And then three, actually priests. I hear from so many priests that say, we don't know how to be pastoral. We, we're, we have a lot of parishioners, and often they're the most active parishioners, or they're, they're the ones going to daily Mass. Mm-hmm. And like, we don't know how we can better serve serve them. And so I think, I actually think priests would be well served reading this. Um, It's called Single for a Greater Purpose, A Hidden Joy in the Catholic Church, published by Sophia Institute Press. It's sophiainstitute.com is their website. We're talking with Luann Zerlo, who is the author. I'm thinking as we're talking, you know, Cheryl and I, uh, um, we're, we're uh, well, I just turned 65, and Cheryl's a little younger than I am. <laughs> we've we've talked now, as I guess maybe as couples get older, about, you know, uh, and I remember one time remember hearing Father Groeschel say, with a married couple, one thing is inevitable, one person is going to go first, right. with the exception of maybe a tragedy of some sort. How about that for widows and and widowers? Is there is there an an opportunity for individuals like that to enter into this type of of dedicated single life and not by choice necessarily, but they're there? Is would they benefit from the book? With with without a doubt, and in fact, I should have mentioned that. Um, so first of all, we know Saint Paul has indicated in um, in a few of his letters that if you are widowed, better to stay in that, that state rather than be, be married. It doesn't apply to everyone, obviously. But um, I have actually had a widow. Um, in fact, she, she was in a radio interview, and she says, I'm a widow, and what you, what you wrote actually applies to me. I've, I've made the decision, or I discerned that God doesn't want me to, to remarry, and now I've embraced it. This is my vocation for the second half of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she found it very helpful. You mentioned actually another probably much smaller group that I just learned about, another woman who reached out to me, is people who have dis- have started um, on the path to religious life, have been postulants, for example, and then discerned that wasn't their calling. So they've mm. left the four final vows, especially they've left... Um, the early discernment process, yes, and um, I think there are a number of them as well. That's an excellent point. Right. Uh, again, the book is called Single for a Greater Purpose, A Hidden Joy in the Catholic Church, published by Sophia Institute Press. Uh, SophiaInstitute.com is their website. We've been talking with the author, Luann Zerlo. Uh, some wonderful, wonderful insight here, Luann. Thank you so much for writing the book. 
And uh, listeners, we encourage you to uh, find out more about it. Again, the website is sophiainstitute.com. Uh, thank you, Luann Zerlo, for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. God bless God you, bless Luann. You. Stay well. And friends, you stay where you are. going to be back with more in just a bit. Don't go away. The Gospels did not start the church. The church started the Gospels. The church did not come out of the Gospels. It was the Gospels that came out of the church. The church preceded the New Testament, not the New Testament, the church. Men did not believe in the resurrection because the Gospels said there was a resurrection. The Gospel writers wrote down the story of the crucifixion, for example, and the resurrection because they believed it. Now in like manner, the church did not come to believe in the virgin birth because the Gospels tell us there is a virgin birth. It was because the living word of God in his mystical body, the church already believed it, and they set it down in the Gospels. Listen to Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen every Sunday morning at 7.30, right here where you are family, Domestic Church Catholic Radio. What have you done for your marriage today? Today, I used the towel that was already damp after my shower so that he would have the dry one. I called my wife on the phone and I told her, Sue, I love you, and I meant it. I went from the lobby of my hotel back to our hotel room five times to pick up the video camera. I took time out at lunch to make sure that we had an opportunity to, to spend time together. Then to go back and pick up the battery. What have I done for my marriage today? Today? What do we do? It's what did you do? What did I do? I shopped. Then to go back and pick up our handbag. What have I done for my marriage today? I flirted with my husband like when we first got married. I made the bed for my wife because she usually does, and I even put the pillows in the right place. Then to go back and look for something she'd forgotten that wasn't in the room either, and I did it with a smile. What have you done for your marriage today? Try something new to make yours great. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. Okay, so you said you'd never marry again right? if but, I go first. Yeah. Is it because you've had enough? <laughs> <laughs> I would or never. you'll never find anybody as wonderful as me. <laughs> I'll never find anyone like you. Yeah, no, as wonderful as me is what I said, not like <laughs> I know, that means something. To, so I, I don't, don't know. Think I, I was thinking about you know, my, my grandfather. It's funny we were talking about this because I, I was, last night I was checking Ancestry.com, just my sister keeps, you know. Yeah. My grandmother... Uh, my Manfredonia grandmother died in 1956, and I just was curious to see how old my grandfather was. He was only 72, not only, but 72, but and he never so re, he never remarried. How much longer did he 86. live? 86. So another But he had, there was a lady on the block that he would hang out with, Mrs. Grader. Aw, so. <laughs> We'd drive, go to pick him up to bring him. He'd be sitting on the porch with Mrs. Grader. They'd just be yeah. having conversation. Well, somebody to talk to, yeah. you know. I don't think there's anything going on romantically, but it was, yeah. But just for companionship, I, right. I guess. I mean, guess that's the one thing people miss most is the companionship. Right. You'd Once miss, you've... You'd miss seeing me in the morning. <laughs> I don't you'd usually me. see you in the morning because I sleep later. Yeah, I know. You'd miss my coffee brewing. Yeah. That's what you'd miss. The little note that says, push the button, it will churn. It will grind. It will grind and make coffee. Mm-hmm. But that's why they have many of the parishes will have like a senior travel group or something. It's just for the companionship. Mm-hmm. But I can see, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that I'll probably go first. But if you happen to go first, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I could never marry again. 
You would never meet as someone as wonderful as I. I'd never get married again, no. No. But I think I would. I can't imagine it. I think I can live on. I think I can live on my own easier than you could live on your own. You need people more than I need people, don't you? People, <laughs> people who need people. Do you think? I could live. In, I I would be with the babies. Well, I know aside from family, <laughs> but you know you're not with the babies twenty four seven. You go home and, and the house is empty. Wouldn't you want to be with people more than you would want to be in the house? Yeah, by but yourself? I'm also the type. Yeah, you don't. You don't really. I wouldn't need need people. Nah. But I'm one that I would be in the church choir. I'd be cleaning the church. I would. I would. Yeah, you got. You're always doing something. Yeah, and as long as you know, God. I'm always thinking. Yeah. My mind is always thinking of something that needs to be done. You're even if I'm in the uh, the adult community, I could play the piano in the living room. See, I I wouldn't like like if if those vans came by and picked me up and take me. See, whereas like my grandmother. She would not participate, and we always encouraged her, go to the senior center. You know, they play cards, mm-hmm. or they sit and they knit, or whatever whatever they do. It's it's just people to be with, and no, she'd rather just be home. I, I, I wouldn't be, I don't know what it is. I wouldn't hold back. I would go to those things. I, I would, I'm kind of a social. I'd yeah. go to bingo or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, you do this. I wouldn't do that yeah. stuff. I also don't mind being home. I put the music on. I clean. Yeah. Plenty of stuff. If it's baseball season, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably foster cats. Oh, my goodness. The whole house would become oh, kitten my kingdom. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this conversation would also kill me. will continue no, after the world of the goodness. year. <laughs> no, the other day you said you had it all planned. You said you're going on a cruise. Yeah, I want to travel. I already started my list. So. You're already using my insurance money <laughs> for, for cruising. You're talking about some, some cruise in the rivers of Europe or something? You were telling me all about yes, it. You said, it oh, started when I go, in Spain and goes all the way. You're going to take my insurance money and take this cruise in Europe. I ripped the page out of a magazine. You, yeah, you're saving it? <laughs> <laughs> I oh, feel geez. happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not I'm not dead, dead yet. yet. <laughs> I'm not quite dead. Oh, the, well, reports are good. Note, the reports are good from my doctor. So I know uh, you're the poster child for all that's those right. things, that's cholesterol right. and everything. So, you know, my gra- I was looking, my, you know, my grandfather, who I said died at 86, he had cancer of the throat that he had his voice box cut out when he was younger, and he still would be 86. Mm. My father was 92. Yeah. My uncle Artie, my father's brother, who had a heart attack when he was 62, lived to be 90. No, I'll probably There's go good first. Manfredonia blood there, yeah, healthy not blood. Not on my side, on both both sides, everybody was young. Yeah. In the scheme of things, now what I see as young. Yeah. Maybe we'll both go together. Well, if we both travel, you know, <laughs> chances are these cruises, those ships are always going under. Oh, yeah, something. Planes are crashing. Let's just yeah, travel. Well, don't spend my insurance money too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you, might, you might need it. All right, we're going to go. So I'll be back. I'll be back on Tuesday, God willing. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the balmy weather. And uh, we'll be back next Friday, Friday Live. All right. God God bless bless you. you.